Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I'm your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me, as always, is my co-hosted cohort victor Adams. yeah and um man i want to know more about this trip to atlanta i know brian was here yeah he kind of talked about it and also he was also to kind of talk about his experience in seminary which is fascinating to me because you know i i was kind of like in a theological program in the in the Protestant side and so i kind of know that how deep theology can go and how it hurts your head um <laughs> and so he was able to kind of like Help me to get more understanding of, of like kind of like the deeper paths of faith and says a Catholic yeah. church. So that was good to have him on there. But uh, but also Atlanta, that's where he's from, and he y'all kind sure. of shared about that information. Yeah, so. it's kind of we rotated. He was in my hometown, I was in yeah. his. But uh, now Brian was great to come on, man. I've always enjoyed him. He's a good friend, and uh, he's always nervous when he comes on. Mm-hmm. You got to get him past those initial stages, but. He shared a lot of things that I think probably would have helped some folks, you know, listen to it. And everything was great, you know, having him here. The mission in Atlanta was awesome, man. Like, I mean, I, I'm i still overwhelmed by it. Those guys and, and ladies, everybody in that parish did just an amazing job. I mean, I've never been to one where there was, like, registration tables outside and, like, everywhere was restored stuff and they had photo booths and all these things. And, you know, walking into that church and listening to, you know, 600 people singing praise and worship before you're going to go profound. on. That's profound, yeah, I bet, yeah. Yeah, and then the, uh, the the pastor and the associate, you know, prayed over me in front of everybody. It was just an amazing experience, and and uh, there's fruit that's been born out of it. I mean, they uh, one of the guys, Roger, that was kind of my handler when I was there, mm-hmm. he uh, he sent me a message the other night and said, man, there's just been great fruit. We've had, you know, almost 50 men, I think, uh, meeting in our first meeting. Good. Um, you know, so incredible. They, you know, it's it's incredible to have that many men show up to anything the first time around. Right. But then uh, also the women, they started a women of faith or something like that, a group, and they had 120 women sign up. Wow. So I mean, the fruit is is happening when we do these missions and. And it just continues, like, we're, we're continuing getting e- emails from places we work going, man, we're getting the same numbers, and guys are coming every week, and things are changing, we're excited, and old guys and young guys are are, are doing this together mm-hmm. for the first time, and all this stuff. And it's just, you know, that's when we listen to the Lord, and the Lord is trying to say there's different ways. You know, sometimes we're afraid to change. We're afraid right. to, to stop doing what we've been doing for so long. But you know what? Like, that's the reason Jesus came, you know? He, he came to change things, to shake things up. And sometimes we need that in our parishes mm-hmm. and in, in our ministry. So that's what we're doing. We're going out there and just trying to introduce not a new way. It's the way of Christ to, to, to live in four different ways with, with each other, whether you're a women's group or a men's group. Um, and so we're excited to do that. Uh, you know, we've got another invitation to go back to Marietta to a different parish because somebody was there. And the invitations keep piling in. Uh, they just I talked to the Archdiocese of Los Angeles the other day, talking to the Diocese of Metuchen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of people calling now because they see that, you know, this this is working and there's vibrant right. ministry. There's fruit bearing from it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited for anybody that would look to have us out. We have a few spots left in 2023. There's a couple cancellations that, you know, side stuff happened or things didn't work out. It conflicted with something. So we're rescheduling those. But I do have some spots open in the end of this year. Of course, we've got a few spaces left in Lent in the first part of the year, but we're really booking into the latter half of 2024. 
if you want a vibrant ministry to men in your parish, if you want a parish mission that's going to move people to to do something to restore their their identities, some of you will struggle with that. I'm the sum of my sins, not the sum of God's love. We talk about all those things, and you know, everywhere we're going, the Lord is just doing some great things. So He's using a blunt instrument in me to be able to do some things, but it's always Him, and it's through His Holy Spirit. So. If you're interested in starting a men's group, revitalizing a men's group, you can go to our website, justagoutinthepew.com. Right there on the front page, there's buttons all the way down the page. Like every little screen you scroll up, it's a button to start a men's ministry. Fill that out. We'll get with you, and we'll start building a plan because that's what we do. We don't just show up and give a mission. We work for you know four or five months, sometimes longer than that, with a parish, with team leaders, with a priest uh, to establish a team, get everybody on the same page so when you hit the ground, then we're hitting the ground running together as a team in that parish, and then they can launch that following week, and it's just a seamless process. So if you're looking to do that and not just have somebody come in and give a talk, but have somebody come in and help you build fruit that lasts, especially for your men, then give us a shout and sign up on our website. Um, to Victor, we've got an announcement that's going to come up in this week. Can't say a whole lot about it right now, but we do have a pilgrimage coming up in 2024. So stay tuned. Yeah, we actually Understand. have one scheduled in 2024 and 2025. I can't really talk about either one of them yet, but the registration site for the one next year is going to be up this end of this week. So I'll just tell you folks, check our website on our events page. Also, um, you can, uh, you're going to get emails about the pilgrimage and what it is, all that stuff. So just want to tell you, beware this week. Watch your stuff from us, your communications from Just a Guy in the Pew and our social media. If you don't follow us, like and share and follow. That way you're updated on all this sort of stuff. But it's going to be a great pilgrimage. I'm really excited. It's hard not to talk about it right now. But but uh, you don't want to let the cat out of the bag until it's time for everything to be up and where people can go and get registered. Mm-hmm. So keep your eyes on that. And finally, for those of you that give us support every month, thank you so much. Um, it just it blows my mind. I mean, we've had a couple people this month start giving us $100. And they're just from all over the world and all over the country. And I always shoot an email and say, tell me a little bit about yourself. And it's great to hear their stories and how they found us and all those things. So thank you to all you folks out there. That are, whether you're giving 5 bucks, 100 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it is, thank you. Because it all helps and it all allows us to continue to move forward ministering to men. So, Victor, um, you made a comment before we came in here about how dressed up I was. Yeah. I'm usually, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't get the memo. Yeah, so you can tell it's usually <laughs> a uh, it's it's usually a battle just to have me wear a shirt. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> but uh, normally I'm in shorts and a, and a t-shirt. But I've been over at one of our neighboring parishes all morning uh, talking about healing the whole person mm-hmm. that's happening here in Memphis. By the way, if anybody is Open interested invite. in that, yeah, yeah, Open invite, yeah. Uh, we got people coming from all over the world. There's 600 people scheduled, um, you know, coming in from this mm-hmm. people from Ireland and uh, Europe and the healing Coast, the whole person. West Coast. Is, yeah, yeah, everywhere, Canada. There's uh, so Dr. Bob Schutz puts on healing the whole person. It's at the JP2 Healing Center. It mm-hmm. happens four times a year. Sister Miriam James Hydland is one of the presenters, and of course his brother Bart. And they bring in a team of people, and we're doing that in incarnation. We've got over 600 people registered right now. So today I'm going to be talking about a little bit of Bob stuff and just kind of where how we got to this episode today. But um, man, his stuff is phenomenal, and there are people that went on our last pilgrimage that are coming in for this. There's uh, some guys have been following the ministry from as far as California coming mm-hmm. to it that I know of. So, you know, we're going to talk about healing and some wound stuff today, how to deal with habitual sin and really how to break the cycle. You know, how do I break the cycle that I'm in and or why do I keep doing it, right? Why do I keep doing the same sins, going to confession? You know, how do I get out of this? So we're going to talk about that. And I was at a neighboring parish today, you know, going and because you put things in bulletins, you send mm-hmm. out emails, but, you know, 
people are busy today. They don't always see these things. So I was going to that parish and speaking at all the masses, inviting people. And, um, you know, I didn't know what I was going to say. Just show up and Lord will give me something. And he did. And, and part of what inspired me was the gospel reading today, uh, but other things too. You know, the gospel today was the, the story that we all know with the woman that showed up, the Canaanite woman, and, mm-hmm. and had a daughter that was terrorized right. by demons and showed up to ask Jesus to heal her. And Jesus was saying, I'm here for the, the children of Israel, you know. And she doesn't take no for an answer. She says even the, the you know dogs eat the scraps from the table. And that's when he says, woman of great faith, you know, your daughter is healed. And uh, so what spoke to me about that today is she – She's sitting there, and I heard it you know, five times in Mass because I was at all the Masses. But, um, you know, he says, it says that her daughter was tormented by a demon. And, Victor, I mean, we all know that so many of us are tormented by so many different things today, mm-hmm. right? Like, you may not be tormented by a demon, but we're tormented by our anger, by our unforgiveness, by our, our lack of humility, by our resentments, by our judgments, by just our wounds, you know, and these things that are that are hard and you know, the thing that really struck out to me was like this woman had to travel all this way to get Jesus to heal her because that's right. the only way that any could, anything could be healed. And even though we may not be possessed by a demon, we all are tormented by stuff in our life, our mistakes, our failures. I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time. And the only one that can really help us with that is Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, is letting him into those places, into our heart and sitting with him and letting him do the work. Um, but so many of us, we don't do that. And we continue to go back to confession, which is great. Don't ever stop going to confession, but we continue to struggle with the same things. And then we beat up on ourselves even harder. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with that in my own life. I've been to confession three times lately for the same thing. And I know what's leading to it and I'm not doing anything about it. And I've been ashamed of that. And I'm starting to really focus on this because there's things that I'm trying to figure out, okay, why am I acting out in this way? Or why am I continuing to step in this trap? And I have a good idea of the reason behind it, but I still need to sit with the Lord and go deeper because I'm tired of of confessing the symptom, mm-hmm. right? Like I want to know what, why, what, what's, what, where's the root of this, so I can pull that root out and get it out of my life. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Is just you know, so many people struggle with these things, and it's not just everyday people. It's some of the people in the Bible that you know are the greatest evangelists ever that struggle mm-hmm. with things. And so we're going to talk about that today. Right. Well, I mean, what you're talking about is is sin in secret or sin in the public, right? Yeah. Like, for instance, sin in the public for me is is usually when Ella's in the car going to school or picking her up from yeah. school and someone cuts me off or something happens and I say a word of anger, you know, and she looks at me and says, Dad, you know, and it's just, it's almost like it is just automatic. Yeah. Like I said, that son of a gun or that, damn it, you know, sorry, I yeah. said it right there, but anyways... <laughs> Sorry, I was right. I was in the scenario there. We're but, not on EWT right. or anything. It'll be all right. But but it's one of those things where I I show myself in anger and she sees that. Yeah. So and of course then I apologize and there's some shame there. So that I don't mean it. It's just you know, it's just it's it's a trigger that Daddy has when and I have to work on that. So that is a public thing that I see that I you know bring shame upon myself because it's witnessed sure. by someone I love and someone I, I'm trying to raised up in a way of, of faith and, and living a, a life of integrity. But when it's in secret, we have to assimilate the same things. Like, what if my wife saw me? What if my parents saw me? What if my children, you know, all these things, like what if the accountability is there that I have to make sure that to prevent me from doing this or prevent me from thinking about it or anything yeah. like that. And so, you know, whatever we have to do to prevent ourselves from falling into that trap, 
you know, or saying the same thing or doing the same thing or, or feeling the same way, like where we don't, like, we don't feel like we're capable of, of doing what we're supposed to be doing. I don't feel like, you know, yes, I got a great job, a new job. Am I capable of having the confidence to do well in it, you know? Sure. And that's my own kind of, uh, what do you call it? A, um, there's a certain word for it, but it's like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, am I worthy to have the job and be paid that amount? Am I able to, to uh, accomplish the goals that they expect me to do? Sure. So there's that excitement and there's that frustration and there's that aw- the uh, ability to go, um, am I worth who I think I am? You yeah. know, and I think a lot of that self-confidence kind of, for me, it's always been self-confidence. Like, am I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I living up to what people think of me living sure. up to? And there's pressure on that because, you know, when you're doing something, especially in ministry or you're involved in the church, you know, you want to, to, to be seen as someone that um, is, is outwardly doing something for the Lord, yeah. right? And we're always in battle with our own personal frustrations or our own personal tendencies to, to be selfish yeah, or to act out or to say something that may be hurtful to somebody else. And, and those are sins too, because like I said, we're, if we're not patient with, if, if we expect people to be patient with us, but we're not patient with other people, then that's a sin. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, I mean, like I said, so many people are dealing with the same sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's where the frustration is for a lot of people is, why do I keep doing this? Why do I? And that's what drives people away from confession a lot. Is yeah. Like, I'm tired of going back. It's, I'm tired of asking the Lord for forgiveness. And a lot of times people fail at forgiving themselves, which is, a, is, is hard to do. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's easier to accept the Lord's forgiveness than it is to forgive yourself. But people continue to struggle with this. And like I said, it wasn't, you know, it's not like it's just, normal everyday people like you and me i mean saint paul talks about this too and in the in the bible i have i mean i think the heading is called the interior conflict with good and evil mm-hmm. but in romans um chapter seven fifteen, paul says this he goes what what i do i do not understand right but for i do not do what i want but i do what i hate and I think so many of us are in that, getting that place where like, I don't understand why I keep doing this. I don't understand. And the thing is, we all have that proclivity to sin inside of us. Like, I mean, we have original sin. And so we're constantly at war with what is spiritual and calling us to something higher mm-hmm. and the flesh. And St. Paul talks about that like a billion times in his letters is the struggle between uh, the spirit and the flesh. Right. And so... You know, but he's even saying, what I do, I do not understand. Why do I continue to do this? You know, the Lord has saved me. Why do I struggle? And look, we're we're never, life is always a call to constant conversion, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to give more and more of ourselves to God every day than we do sin. But, you know, I think all of us can identify with what he's saying. Like, I don't do the good I want to do. I do the things I don't want to do. And he goes on in 719 to say, for I do not do the good I want, but I do the evil I do not want. And when we struggle in this and we're finding ourselves drawing a blank, like, why am I doing this? So let's just say you're a guy that's drinking 15 beers a night and you think, well, it's not a big deal. I'm just blowing off stress. Mm -hmm. Well, then you wind up when everybody else is asleep on your phone, looking at something you shouldn't look at. And then you fall in another one, you know, fall into this in a pornography or the purity of self or something like that. And it becomes a cycle. And that happens in various different sins for different people. That's just one that I know I have experienced in my life, and and I know other guys have too from just talking to a bunch of men in groups, is we don't even realize like some of the things we're choosing to do. Like gluttony in that moment led to impurity, Mm -hmm. right? And we have, but why did the gluttony happen? Like why did I drink that much beer? Or why did I 
did I do I keep losing my temper in that way or why is it so hard for me to forgive? Those are the questions we have to start asking. And that's what Paul is saying. St. Paul is saying is like, I do not understand. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of us don't. Like we're stuck in this place of this never ending cycle and it feels like hell. Yeah. Because you're ashamed and then you go and you you feel mercy and the Holy Spirit and then you fall again and you feel ashamed. And it's like this vicious cycle that you're in that's hard for a lot of people to get out. But I think this is where we have to realize, like, okay, if I'm continuing to do this, then I'm not digging deep enough, right? I'm not getting below the surface. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at, and this is what I love about Dr. Bob's book. I mean, for anybody watching, Be Healed, he's got a bunch of different books, Be Transformed, Be Restored. Uh, all of them have to deal with different things, but Be Healed covers a lot of this. He talks about the seven deadly sins. He talks about the seven deadly wounds. Um, and we have to realize, like, that... All I'm doing in the most part is is when I'm going to confession, if I'm doing the same thing again and again and again, is is confessing a symptom, right? And that's good because hopefully the priest can can help you uh, as, as a Diagnostic, doctor would, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. diagnose what's yeah. going wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And, and help you dive into that point. So don't hear me saying like don't go to confession. That's not what I'm saying. But if you want to really figure out why you continue to do the things that you do not understand why you do you got to dig deeper. And for a lot of people, this is where it stops because when we get below the surface, things start to hurt, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, you scrape your, your outer layer of skin, not a big deal. Got a little scrape, a little skin off. Something jabs you or cuts you and goes deeper, it hurts, right? right? You and I were talking before the show, you know, you get shot with a bullet and somebody has to dig it out of your arm, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts to get shot and it hurts to get it dug out. The thing is, we're never going to get to the root of why we're doing things without a little pain and out without a little self-discovery. Because a lot of reasons that we do things that we don't understand is because we are wounded in ways that we don't know, right? Whether those were self-inflicted wounds or those were wounds, you know, family of origin wounds that were passed down from mm-hmm. parents or from, you know, teachers or whatever else, authority figures in our life. If we don't deal with those things, they manifest. And we don't even realize it. Like, that is so... You know, I'll talk to so many guys that go like, I don't understand why I'm going home every night and pounding, you know, 12 beers. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why I'm smoking pot still and I'm 45. I don't understand why I'm watching porn every single night. There's something that you're trying to medicate for, right? And the thing is, if we're just going to confession and saying, oh, well, I was mad again, then you're going to continue to go in there and say I was mm-hmm. mad. But the question is, why were you mad? What's going on? What's making you angry? And that's what Bob's books are so good at. I mean, and I recommend people diving into that um, or going to this conference or any of the other stuff that he puts on because he really helps people get to this. But I think there's two things that we have to look at. Like like we said in the first read in the gospel reading today, the only way that that woman's daughter was healed was because Jesus was invited into the scene. Mm-hmm. And you were talking earlier about the woman's tenacity and not right. taking no for an answer. Would you speak right. to that? Yeah, well, that's the thing is that we all we know that the, the woman has a daughter. We don't yeah. know where the father is. So apparently she's probably been exhausted everywhere, and she heard this guy named Jesus. And she's Canaanite. She's, she's Canaanite, yeah. yeah. Tyre and Sidian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not even really a Jewish area, right? Yeah. So the thing is is that so he's going to an area where he's never probably really been before. So, But his name has already been like, you know, in the sense of evangelized out there. So they know somebody is here that has some kind of like power or whatever, you know, as, yeah. as a— a Gentile, well, she's probably heard about it. Canaanite like all the crowds person would know. Yeah, yeah. So 
so anyways, they find they're Jewish and stuff, whatever. Of course, I'm reading into it, so forgive me about the gospel. But there's always a background to a story. We have to just assume that there is something there yeah. that leads up to a decision for her to make this call to where she's calling out to um, a Jewish man, mm-hmm. a rabbi, whatever, which usually the two cultures really don't ever commingle. So she's there in the midst of the crowd, and she's calling out, calling out, drawing attention, drawing attention, drawing attention. Even the point where, you know, Jesus isn't really ignoring her. He hears her, but like the disciples saying, she's getting crazy. You know, she's just, she's disturbing the she whole. She won't take no for an right, answer. She won't yeah. take no for answer. And so she comes to him and, and personally says, Jesus, please help my daughter. And, and, and for all, like, for all the mothers out there, who wouldn't do the same thing for their, their child? Right? Yeah. Who wouldn't plead their case, even though they're they're causing a scene or whatever, and if their child needs help, they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's called the, being the mama bear. You know, sure. like like saying, "My child needs help. Please help." You know, yeah. I need I need someone to help me because we've gone we've done everything, and this is something that she's not good. And then and then she comes to Jesus, and Jesus says that that word, right? But then she turns and says, "Yes, but even." The, the dogs are still members of the family, still eat from the master's table. You know, yeah, like scraps the table. Right, scraps yeah. the table. So, you know, there's there's something there for us still. And again, I think in the gospels, Jesus is always amazed at the Gentiles for their faith yeah. is always more profound than the Jewish nation. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think he just continues to be like amazed at like they just believe. There's a difference with belief and faith. Like, yeah. like they they believe with faith, meaning that that something's going to happen. I'm expecting it to happen. Another say that like just belief is like, yeah, it could happen, but sure. you know, if it doesn't, you know, it's all well, right. They didn't have all the same learnings that the the Jews did, where they believed it would be some political war hero right. that was going right. to come in as the Messiah. And yeah. So they just saw Jesus for what he was, you know. Right. And but yeah, the woman was desperate. I mean. That's really what you see it in. She was desperate for anything, and she right. was coming. And like that's if you're one of the, one of the folks that are currently struggling with like, why do I continue to sin the same way? Why do I have these habitual sins? The things that I continue to to do all the time, right? The things that are driving me nuts. Like why? I know this is a problem. I know when I do this, I'm going to wind up here. Why do I continue to do it? Then we have to get desperate too. And we have to do whatever it takes to start digging into what's going on within us to figure right. that out, right? And so I think, you know, Jesus shows us these things in, in, in two, of the, two of the parts of the Gospels where he talks to people about healing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I go back to John uh, chapter 5, verse 6, when, uh, when he's at Bethesda, the pool of, healing pool of Bethesda. Right. And, I mean, he asked the man, do you want to be healed? Right. And I think that's the first question we have to ask ourselves. Like when we're... Because there comes a point whether you want to call it rock bottom or you just get fed up and you're like, enough's enough. I'm sick of this. I'm going to do something about it. I'm tired of feeling this way. That's kind of what Jesus is asking. Like, do you want to be healed? Are you ready now? Are you ready to go into what we have Mm -hmm. to do to fix this? And you have to give that yes. And then the second question is a question he asked the two, you know, the blind men that are chasing him down to heal him. And he says, do you believe I could do this? This is in Matthew 9, 28. Mm-hmm. Do you believe I could do this? And I think this is the two things we have to get to in our life when we're talking about healing is, one, do you want to really be done with this? Because you have to be. You can't sit here and gripe about how you're going to confession because, again, I'll use the same example. You're housing a bunch of beer and, and, and yeah. being impure with yourself if you're not willing to stop doing that, right? And so, like, 
Jesus is saying that. Are you willing to do what it takes to find the peace and the healing and the joy you're looking for? If so, do you believe I can do this? Once we answer these two questions, then then hold on to hold on to the rope because Jesus is going to go in some places right. that are not comfortable, right? And, and you may wind up with something going, "Wow, something happened to me in the fourth grade that I had thought I'd forgotten about." But when Jesus takes me on this healing journey through healing prayer and all these things, then all of a sudden I'm taken back to something that I would have never in my own you know, tied a string to from point A to point mm-hmm. B to why I'm behaving this way. With the thumbtacks, right? Right, so, yeah, yeah, with all that right. stuff. I mean, yeah. it's it's like inadequacy. I've talked about that on here. We've had episodes on it. That's something that I've always struggled with because of my relationship with my father. My father's inability to say, I, I'm proud of you, good job, I love you. And so for so long in my life, I was sitting there trying to do whatever I could to to get people sure. to love me, to get people to want to like me. It's too much sometimes to where I was, it was just too much for people and I ran people off or, you know, I did whatever anybody wanted me to do. And I wound up with 17 year addiction to cocaine. I made my own decisions, but it was wanting to fit in, wanting all those things. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be willing. And that was a painful journey for me. I've talked about on the show before with memories that Bob helped me get back to and with my dad and the truck and all those things. And I put my finger on it and I was like, this hurts. Like I remember sobbing like a baby when Bob took me through that, 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 uh, memory and trying to get Bob to stop a couple of times. Mm. But once I got through that pain, I started to go, Oh, this is why I behave that way. And I don't have to behave this way. I have a choice. Mm. Right. And so the thing that really struck me through all of that was, yeah, it hurts. Like when somebody goes in to remove something, you know, a foreign body in your object in your body or a, or, or some sort of surgery, there's always going to be, you know, the pain of the surgery, the recovery time, all that stuff. But then generally things are better. Things are healed. Things are, are restored. And that's the same thing Jesus wants to do. He's the divine physician. And yeah, sometimes he has to come in with a scalpel and cut places you don't want cut and, mm-hmm. and to move into places and you, you kind of cover up and you bury but at the end of the day, what he's trying to do is remove that in you that's causing you to live contrary to the gospel, which is why you're winding up in the same place, complaining and talking about the same things and the same sins. As Jesus is going, let me get that out of here. Mm-hmm. Because until we get that out, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, if you could you could sit there and have something, like I said, a foreign object in your body, they get, you know, 75% of it, but that 25% in there is still going to infect your body until they get it all out. So healing is not like an instant process. It's something that the Lord does with us over time. And you may heal from this wound and then realize you have another one sitting there right waiting on you that's mm-hmm. connected to this one and that one and that one and that one. And that everything's transitory, you know, and that you've got to go through them all and be able to come out the other side. So, But we have to be willing to face the pain in order to receive the, the, the gift and the reward of healing and restoration in, in a restored life. Well, that restoration is... Like, there's a bunch of shows about houses, right? Sure. People buy a house, and they restore it, and it looks like 100% different, right? Yeah. Well, that's the same way internally our soul is when we find ourselves really, like, you know, purging all those things we thought we were we deserved to carry around. Sure. Like, our, our negative self-image of ourselves. Well, I deserve this because I was a, you know, I, I did this to somebody, whatever. But what Christ is saying is that, no, you don't need to carry this. You know, you feel bad, yes, but, like, give it to me, you know, and... And, you know, and, and thoroughly, you know, cast aside all these poor choices, these poor decisions, all these things that you have punished yourself in the past. 
that is not who you are, you know? Sure. And then, and then the restoration of cleaning out the soul and, and cleaning up the mind and, and cleaning up the relationships in your lives. And when that happens, then joy and like prosperity, uh, of just being with people, being, uh, loving, to go to worship, loving, to receiving Christ, um, you know, loving to be around your family, you know, like all these things that you thought you didn't deserve, all these blessings that God gave you, you felt you didn't deserve because of who you thought you were. Sure. And, and that's the thing about, about we all, we all deserve restoration. You know, Christ wants all of us to be healed, to be restored to him and to live a life that he created us to be. Yeah. Not because we deserve it, but because we're worthy of it because right. he says so, mm-hmm. right? Because he desires it for us. And so, you know, I just, I know that I, I've been going to confession a lot lately and struggling the same things and I've got this work to do in my own life. And it's one of these topics where like if somebody, if one person's struggling with it, many people are probably struggling with it. And the only way that I've found in the past when I've gotten into these situations is okay, it's time to sit down and really just invite the Lord into my heart mm-hmm. and to lead me into places that I don't know, you know, why I'm acting the way I'm acting. As St. Paul says here again, lamenting, what I do, I do not understand, right. right? For I do not do what I want, I do what I hate. And that's what he's talking about is obviously sin, right? I continue to, to fall to the flesh and sin when all I want is this spirit and this goodness. Well, none of us are perfect. Paul wasn't either. Um, you know, I mean, he carried around a lot of baggage from his former life. And I guarantee you the devil used that to, right. to lead him into sin and things to do, um, to distract himself from that or anything. And sometimes that's how we wind up into it. We're looking for distraction. We're looking for to numb ourselves. We're looking to, to, uh, to escape. And those things turn into another sin and another sin and another sin. So the question we need to be asking ourselves if we really want help with this is why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. If you want to break the cycle, then you got to start going, all right, Lord, I don't understand this. But if I could sit quietly with you and I'm opening myself up, if I'll be the one to rip the Band-Aid off and to pull the scab off and let you just poke around in there, then together we can find the answers that we're looking for and we can find that restored that, that restoration. And look, I realize some wounds are horrible. I mean, people have been raped. People have been molested. You know, people have had, you know, family members ripped away from them in horrible ways. I mean, we've all had terrible things mm-hmm. happen in our life, some more than others to a degree of 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 more of difficulty more than others but god wants to bring us all through that right he wants to bring us all there's nothing greater than him and he can do that but we have to let him and we have to be willing to to experience some pain and some uh some being uncomfortable for a little while but going deeper and then it's just like any other tree you know bob uses a tree in his book all the time and you you see the the surface above the tree here's what i could see that's just like when i go to confession this is what i see I was impure with myself, or I drank too much, or I'm always yelling at my family. Those are the visible symptoms. But down below the surface is what we've got to get to. There's a taproot down there that's feeding that tree. And whatever it is, is feeding, you know, if it's ungodly self-reliance or whatever it is that is that root wound that's causing the anger manifestations or the unforgiveness or everything else, that we've got to get to that lower level. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. And if you don't want to do it for yourself, then do it for those around you because wounded people wound people and you're going to pass on those wounds. You know, you're going to pass on those things. Just like I had to deal with things because my father had unhealed wounds in himself, then, you know, I've probably placed some of those in Jacob and my girls that they're going to have to deal with sometime. I know I'll put them in Angela because of the the struggles I put her through. But the thing is, when we do the work, 
it's not the easy work. And this is where the rubber meets the road as being mm-hmm. a Christian, right? It's it's not all sunshine and rainbows and, and holding hands with Jesus and running through the tulips. Sometimes we got to do some very uncomfortable and hurt things that are going to hurt us. But God is not doing it or allowing it to happen so that we, we're we're feeling pain or to torture us. He's saying, look, this is always going to, like, in the long term, sit down and take the pain now. Help me root it out so that you don't have to deal with it the rest of your life. Right. Right. And so for anybody struggling with this stuff out there, you know, I could talk about it to a certain degree, but there's nobody, in my opinion, that's better than Dr. Bob Schutz and the JP2 Healing Center. Again, this is his book, Be Healed. Uh, he has several other ones, Be Transformed. It talks about the healing powers of the sacrament. He's got Be Restored, which has to deal with sexual wounds. Uh, Be Healed is what he does as conferences based off of. Really phenomenal book. Um, and then he's also got one called, um, oh, what is the other one? It's uh, back behind me. It is Be Devoted. It's the uh, it's it's on marriage and dealing with wounds in marriage and getting past that stuff. So, look, if you don't know who he is, go check it out, the jp2healingcenter.com or .org. You can Google that and find it. You can see all the events they go to. Bob's been a gift in my life, and I hope that he's uh, he's becoming a gift at what? Yeah, I'll put the links in the. Sorry, Angela said something to me. Uh, we'll put the links in the show notes and everything for you. But again, you can Google the jp2healingcenter.com. Uh, but Victor, I mean, this is just something I think we all struggle with. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that everybody is continually going back. I don't know very many people that are going with a different sin every time they go. It's it's usually the same sort of thing. So, look, God is in it. God wants healing for you, just like He asked these people. Do you want to be healed? And do you believe I could do this? You answer those two questions, yes, and you sit back and you have the courage to let him go in those places that are hard that you don't want anybody in. I promise you your life is going to be different. You're going to come out a different person. So, Victor, let's take it to prayer, and let's just say the Our Father, right? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.